Hey, in the immortal words of Judy Brown, happiness is a choice. We're happy you're spending some time with us, Chip and Zay, on an off the rails Thursday. And uh, Zay, I am paying tribute to Kobe Bryant today. Oh, okay. That's what you got that purple and gold on. The Black Mamba. Who will have his statue? I just call it Staples Center. I'm not calling it Crypto.com Arena. Who will have his uh, statue unveiled? And I got to tell you a story. So I am, oh God, where I got to find. So the year that Kobe retired from the Lakers. The Lakers were terrible, and my son and I were going out to California to see my uncle, who's a longtime actor, my man, CB, is familiar, Garrett M. Brown, he, is, he was in Uncle Buck, he was, um, you know, John Candy's brother, Macaulay Culkin's dad in that movie, um, and so I'm like, you know what? I should check on Lakers tickets and I should take Tiger to go see Kobe before he retires. And so we got tickets for a hundred dollars under face value. So we sat 10 rows behind the Lakers bench. The tickets were face value, um, $177. We got them for 77 a piece or basically 150 for two and they were playing the Raptors. The Raptors beat him. Kobe barely played, but you know, he was up off the bench. He was trying to help the guys. I was a little injured. Um, and I'm like, you know, Tiger, are you, are you getting this? You know, it's Kobe Bryant. That's Kobe Bryant. Tiger was like 10. He's like, can we just go get some pizza? I'm like, All right. And then 10 days later, he announces he's retiring. And those same tickets were going for $1,500 apiece to go see Kobe Bryant. And the ticket, that ticket was the one of him laying on the ball. You know, where he's like laying down on the floor and he's got his head on the ball. And they're talking about no one knows what the statue is going to look like today, tonight, whatever, when they unveil it. And people are speculating, is it going to be him, you know, pulling his jersey? Is it going to be him hitting that fade away? Is it going to be him, like, you know, cradling the ball, going up for that dunk? Is it going to be him laying on the ground with his head on the ball? So, Zay, I'm asking you. What do you want to see for the statue of Kobe Bean Bryant tonight at Staples Center? Uh, I'd probably say him getting into his jumper, whether it's a fadeaway or a pull-up. I think that was what he was known most for, you know, getting the bucket. That's Kobe Bryant. So his go-to was that fadeaway or the mid-range game. 
You know, that's what separated him for a lot of guys, just his three levels of scoring, getting to the rim, his mid-range game, and then the three ball. And, yeah, um, man, that's <laughs> – I saw him once down in AT&T Center, which now is called Frostbank. Ah, they changed all these names at this point. But, yeah, he's just an icon, man. I miss him every day. I remember CB, you asked me a while back where I was the day he passed. I was actually hanging with our guy Adam Wagner. Of the chaos theory, him and Double R. Like I was on my way to Wax House, and we were just gonna kick it and chop it up. And then my brother-in-law called me and let me know the news, and I was on Mopac, and I had to pull over. You know what I'm saying? And just kind of very distraught and rattled, and checking social media and stuff. And we all know that was a sad day, but I'm glad that we could celebrate them now. You always think about them every time you watch the Lakers, and they go and show the Raptors and stuff. Only person ever to have two numbers retired. <laughs> That's just ridiculous because I don't know which one's better, eight or twenty-four. Like, everybody always says 24 because that's what he was after Shaq. Yo, man, that number eight at 21 years that old, eight. 20 years old, dude. That eight was, was – That eight was a nasty mother effer, man. That was, <laughs> that, that was the one. That was the one. Like, eight, I don't know. I, I love 24 too, but eight – when Shaq would go down every once in a while, whether it was foul trouble or an injury or something, yo, Froby, they put the ball in his hands and he would take over games. And yeah, I, 24 is probably a little better just because, I don't know, just probably a little better outside shooter. But man, I, yeah, I miss him. And what he's done for the game, his influence to this day, he still has one of the greatest Nike shoes of all time where you go and watch any NBA game on League Pass, you see multiple guys wearing his shoes. Like, yeah, man, Bean, he was serious. Yes, he be, and he did that dunk contest too. Like, his rookie oh, yeah. season. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll say the fadeaway jumper. What, what do you think it's going to be, the statue? It'll probably be the fadeaway. Yeah. You know, it, uh, yeah. Oh, man. So that last season. Are they going to put the statue next to Magic's statue? Like, are they, is that the little, like, statue? Don't they have Shaq's um, statue there too? Like, yeah. there's a few. Yeah. There's a few. So, I mean, I guess. I don't know. I've never been to Staples slash Crypto Arena before. So, I don't know where they put the Magic statue. But, yeah, Kobe's my all-time favorite Laker. It's not even close. And I love Shaquille O'Neal. But, yeah, what Kobe did, just his presence – just his mindset. Like, everybody quotes Kobe. Guys that don't even play basketball. Guys that are swimmers and in cross-country and crazy sports that don't even involve a ball. They quote Kobe. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, he was just different. And, yeah, he was the closest thing to Jordan CP, but he was also his own person. You know? Like, he did a lot of things that were very similar to Mike, but he did a lot of things that were different. You know, than Mike. Like, it was just, ah, man. See, now you got me going down nostalgia rabbit hole and 
Yeah. Well, I think Shaq's statue is like the craziest statue I've ever seen because it's him, you know, Duncan hanging on the rim with both of his feet in the air. The magic statue is kind of lame because it's him like dribbling and pointing. And, and I know that's like kind of an iconic image of magic, but as a statue, it's kind of like, it should have been magic. The ball going this way. And right. Head going that way. Him this yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm throwing the ball to my left, but my head is completely looking to the right. That's what it should yeah. have been. Like, that's what yeah. I think of magic, the spectacular passes and stuff. And, yeah, I guess, you know, the pointing with the ball in your hand, that is an example of a floor general, which, you know, doesn't get more floor general than Magic Johnson. But still, I – come on, man. I'm throwing, like, a behind-the-back pass or something. Yeah. You know? Which... I'm trying to get some bootleg uh, stuff here. Okay. Yeah, back to Kobe a little bit. I I think there's this stigma out there, which it's fair because this is how good Shaquille O'Neal was, but the whole Kobe did it without Shaq thing, it's fair to a certain degree because I think we disrespect how good Pau Gasol was. And like Spurs fans know, Spurs fans damn sure know like how good Pau Gasol was. And how dominant, you know, that trade was bringing them over from the Memphis Grizzlies. See, yeah, that's that looks a little janky. You're showing the Magic Johnson statue right now for our people on the app. Yeah, it looks a little janky, Chip. I don't <laughs> come on, come on, bus family. We could have did better. We could have yeah. did better. If, if Jerry was still living, I don't think he would have had it look like that. You know. And then You've got the the Shaq statue, which is just insane. See, that's a lot better. Where he's he's hanging on the rim. <clears throat> Oops. Yeah, that's what he did. Yeah, he did. Most dominant force. And the NBA so hopefully, here. hopefully they uh, they do Kobe right today. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that was so sad, man, because he's trying to do right, getting his daughter Gianna to her game with her teammates. Gianna's thirteen years old. Her friends are on the helicopter. They all go down, and it's just it was like. Uh, it was awful. Yeah. But um, I still think it's crazy that the Lakers won it that year, too. Like, that's some of the most craziest. I don't, you know, <laughs> I don't know what you believe in, but that makes you want to believe in something. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, that, that makes you a believer in something. As yeah. tragic as that was for the Lakers to say it, whatever you want to say about the bubble, they were 2020 NBA champions, man. You know, and that January, I mean, wow. We don't – do we put an asterisk next to the Spurs? 
99 season? 99 season? I don't. No. No. I don't. I'm like. Especially because a lot of people say 50 wins or 50 game season, an eight seed gets to the finals. So they'd like to put an asterisk on it with those Knicks teams. But you just saw it this past year. Like eight seeds, they could get to the finals. Miami Heat did it. You know what I'm saying? So it could happen. It just hey man, happened back then. The Giants who beat the 18 and 0 Patriots were nine and seven. <laughs> they were a wild card team. Yeah. And they got on a run, baby. Yeah. They got on a sleeping run. Sleeping on my boy Brock Purdy. I oh. sleep on him. Can't oh, sleep now on your boy. Brocky. Yeah, my boy Brock Purdy, baby. Come on, tell now. me more. Yeah, tell me more. With Tell his me more. Ass mama that they be showing in the stands. Yes, yes. The okay, I, I get his hot ass mama. I thought you, I thought you called him a mamba for a second. I'm like, uh, nah, nah. He ain't that. He ain't. Let's. We're praising Ooh. Kobe today. We're not disrespecting them. He ain't that. But that so underdog mentality. Hmm? You don't believe it. I don't believe he's Kobe. Purdy's <laughs> no. not your boy. He's kind of my boy. Why? Underdog man, because he he did beat my lions, man. I mean, he ran. Yeah, he beat the lions. He did it. Yeah, people legs. love to hate him. People love to hate him. All this Cam Newton stuff. Cam Newton's making so much paper of just hating on Brock Purdy, which I whatever. It's conversation. This is why we get into sports. It's fun, but still. You know what I'm saying? The dude has gone to the NFC Championship two years in a row. Once as a rookie, now in the second season. Now he's in the Super Bowl. He's able to play. Who knows what would have happened if he didn't have that UCL injury against the Eagles in the 2022 year. Like, come on now. Come on now. I ain't sleeping on him. I can't sleep on him. You know, that defense is tough for the Chiefs. Real tough. But I can't sleep on Purdy, man. Everybody trying to clown him, saying that he looks like a little kid and, you know, his glamour photos and stuff like that. All right, keep talking. Keep, keep talking. talking. Keep talking. He needs that. He's always had that. He's always had that underdog role. He needs that. I'm on, I'm on usbet.com right now where everybody, where everybody needs to be. Um. Uh, just click on if you're watching us on the YouTube channel. Just click on that US Bet um, link. That is the Texas Sports Unfiltered link. It'll take you to all your Super Bowl bets. They've got all kinds of promotional bets where you bet a little and have a chance to win a lot. Um, right now, the San Francisco 49ers are two point favorites. Yep. I will take the Chiefs. I will take the Chiefs. Hey, man. Uh, Yo, Perse Hilton on your ass right now. You see Brittany Matthews, Sports Illustrated swimsuit? You see that? Rookie? Yeah, Brittany Matthews out here. Out here. So I'm just saying, you know me, I'm foul. I'll do whatever it takes to win. You know, I love what Kevin Garnett said about Carmelo Anthony. He said his wife tastes like honey nut Cheerios. If I sack you, Patrick Mahomes, I'm letting you know. Yo, Patrick, I subscribe to Sports Illustrated Swimsuit every year. I can't wait for this year's edition. You know why. Every time I get in there, Patrick, hey, Brittany Mahomes looking really good, Pat. 
real good, bro. <laughs> I'm not saying it's going to face Pat. It might actually, you know, not be a good thing for the opposing team because it might piss Pat off, which I wouldn't want to piss off Patrick Mahomes. But still, anything to win. That might be that weak spot, Chip. That might be, you know, the Achilles heel, the kryptonite. That might be it. You know, you know some what? men about they women, some men, they can't block it out. You get too personal. Some men don't like that. If you could get Patrick Mahomes with his drunk-ass daddy, if you could get him distracted as much as possible, that plays into your hands. Nobody going to care about how bad of a person you are. It's football. This is football. Ain't no love here. You know what I'm saying? I'm, you know, I'm going back to the old school days. This friendly stuff. We all friends and, you know, the camaraderie and we cool and stuff. No, we ain't cool. You in the way of me being a legend. We are not cool at all. So if I have to say something slick and slightly inappropriate about your wife in order to win the game, damn it, I'm doing that. <laughs> I'm doing that. Man, you are all in on these 49ers. Oh, let's go, man. Let's go. They And they pissed off from losing in the Super Bowl. They be showing Nick Bosa the clip of him boo-hooing. He was only a rookie because he, just yeah. like we talked about with Dan Neal yesterday, you get there and you think that, oh, this is regular. It ain't. You never know yeah, when you're going to get back. He's the one who said that the Chiefs hold a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Smart. Trying Smart. to get the, trying to get those seeds planted in that officiating crew. Anything it takes. I don't mind that. Some people call it bitching. I don't mind that at all, Nick Bosa. Make how do you make your life easier? You know what I'm saying? This is this is war right here. How do you make your life easier? Some call it bitching. I call it, you know, smart. <laughs> like that's yeah. Let them know. And the Chiefs, Brittany, they, Brittany Matthews, Mahomes, whatever. She's gonna be in the Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition. Yeah, man. She's looking good too. I ain't oh, going. You've front. already seen the pictures. Yeah, I seen it. Come on, Chip. You know me. You per know Zane. me, baby. You know I've seen the pictures. Homegirl looks good. And again, she's this is after baby number two. So I'm really impressed. You know, what women have to go through having them kids. That's a lot. It's hard to get that snatch body back. Brittany Mahomes. She's been working out. She's been doing things. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, Patrick, Patrick's doing well. And she loyal, ride or die. That's the main thing. She ain't one of these, you know, women out here that, oh, once you get to the league, I'm checking out for you. No, she's been there for the grind, you know. I respect I these pictures. See, Rex, Rex, you tripping. It's not in the bank. That's that's not in the bank. I got plenty of other things in the bank that <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> what is wrong no, with no, you? I'll, I'll is Cece on coming wait. on? No, we got to wait till next week. Cece. What? It's his birthday this. week. That's the thing. He's been celebrating. So we're going to wait till next week. He's still celebrating? He's still celebrating. He knows that we talking Super Bowl and stuff. He's going to wait till next week. But All right. Yeah. All right. You're killing me, man. How am I killing you? I was getting all excited. I thought we were going to have Stacy on the show like tomorrow. It's not like he's not going to come on anytime soon. I'm just, you know, stay excited. Yeah. How long have we been doing this show? Uh, since the beginning of September or end of August? I don't know. We I still haven't know. had CC on. No. 
DC the legend. I mean, yeah. What what do I gotta do? Pay him, knowing him. Pay him. He always talks about that. He always talks about what he would have made in NIL. That's his big thing now. Ever since NIL's been booming and stuff, he always talks about what he would have made down in San Marcos at Southwest Texas State, which was the 70s. So who knows? <laughs> well, what he's but, what he's telling us is he'd have been banking. I, he probably got a little coin. He probably got a little coin. He'd be driving around in a Lambo. Uh, did Lambos exist in the seventies? No, he's. We're say? talking. We have to oh, transport oh. him ah. into the NIL age. So now we have to we have to quantify what his skill set would gotcha. have brought him in today's NIL age. And if gotcha, gotcha. you know, Jake yeah, Majors yeah. is strolling around in a Lambo. I yeah, think CC. I think CC probably could have could have gotten a Lambo. Cadillac. Cadillac, okay. Cadillac. Yeah. All right. Big long Walt Clyde Frazier like Cadillac. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, so yesterday, Steve Sarkeesian kind of gave the State of the Union on the you know, first kind of first quarter, if you will, State of the Union speech on the 2024 Longhorns football team. We talked about how he said he was borderline obsessed with winning a national championship. And if he won one, he'd want two. Um, one thing I liked about what Steve Sarkeesian said yesterday, well, I like that he makes it about championships first and foremost. and you know, you get what you demand. You don't get what you deserve. You get what you demand. So he's, you know, putting it out there, setting the setting the tone. But he was asked about, you know, the lawsuits over NIL and how you're going to adjust and, and how some coaches don't like NIL and blah, blah, blah. And Sark is like, I think I'm pretty good at this. And I kind of like it, and I'm up for it, and we're built for this. I'm like, let's go, Sark. Yeah. Like, he doesn't flinch. I like the way he rolls. I like the way he presents his message to the media. I just, and that's rare for me to say, because I'm usually like, okay, there's usually all kinds of, double talk and miss misinformation yeah and what do i got to say to get through this press conference like sark puts some thought into it and i appreciate that yeah i mean he just flat out said complacency is the devil like when i heard I stuff like that, that when i certain words that he was saying yesterday from complacency is like the devil to you know um borderline obsessed like he is saying all the things that you want to hear from a head coach at the university of texas because he's right he can't afford anybody in that locker room from the coaching staff to the ball boys to obviously the roster to think that they've arrived like he mentioned 
Like that's one of the worst drugs you could possibly have for a team that has any success. I see it all the time in pro sports. Why do you think it's so hard for guys to repeat and go back to back? Well, a lot of the time it's because everybody starts getting endorsement deals and start getting different money and you're getting pats on the back and, you know, you feel like you, you're there. You arrived, as he said. So you're not working as hard. Nah, man, that ain't it. That ain't it. You know, I'm not a, the biggest Urban Meyer fan, but one thing that I took from that Netflix special that he said, yo, back in 06 when they won it with Chris Leak, he was already worried about the next year. Literally that night, he's already thinking about, okay, where we got to go for recruiting? What's next? There was no time to enjoy it, which is really dark if you think about it, Chip. It's, it's really dark. You know what I'm saying? I don't want Sark to get into that mode. I mean, obviously his lovely wife definitely helps him keep things in perspective, but I need some of that though. I need some of that. Like, damn, we were right there. I, if I would have made a couple of more moves, maybe he would have won a natty. We'll never know, but I don't want to make that mistake again. And I want to make sure I got guys on my team that understand that also. And yeah, I'm with you. Everything that Sark said yesterday in that 45 minute presser, you know, was on point. It was absolutely on point. So yeah, I just think Sark in year four, understanding where he's at with the resources and the ability to adapt to whatever college football may look like now, five years from now, 10 years from now, he said he's up for it and he looks like he's up for it. So yeah, that's what you need going into the SEC. You've got so many different leaders and guys coming back that make you feel good about this 2024 team. And, hey, every day we hear more information. We just got to see what happens from now to September. I think Sark called Xavier Worthy at halftime of the national championship game in 2020. It was like – From the locker room? You see this? Was he? Is that what he said? Was that what he said? Yeah. You see this, bro? Two hundred fifteen yards receiving already. Yeah. See wow. these touchdowns. Yeah. Come on I'll to Texas. Way better than Tuscaloosa. Yeah. Why not be a start of something special? And look at Xavier Worthy. Not bad. One of the top wide receivers taken in this draft this year. You know. That was. That was some solid recruiting. Yeah. So the quote, full quote was, I think complacency is like the devil, man. I mean, I just cannot afford anybody in our building to feel like we've arrived because this is a new team. And this team now has to develop their culture. This team has to develop their strengths. Yeah. And On the uh, loss to Washington, he said, nobody likes to lose. Nobody likes to lose when it's the last play. I mean, everybody wants to win their last game, and we had an opportunity. Did not play our best game that night. It was almost good enough, but it wasn't good enough. And so I think everybody took their 24 or 48 hours to feel a little sorry for themselves, myself included, and then you get back at it. Yeah, that's what it's about. Like, that's what it's about. Get back at it, baby. You know, everybody should be pissed off from that. 
as fun as last season was, you win 12 games, you win the Big 12, you know, that's what you expected. And he talked about that, that team from 2023, they could always come back to DKR and look up and see the success that they had going back to that year. But now you're right. New identity, 2024, what, 30 guys? How many guys he said? 30. Oh, yeah, 30. That's a lot. That's a lot of turnover. 30 rhymes with Purdy. Yeah. And them 30 guys coming in, they're going to be hungry. So one thing that I found interesting that if you would have asked me a couple of weeks ago, I I wouldn't even have thought, you know, it would have been an option. But Silas Bolden, he's still in Oregon. Yeah, he's got to graduate. Huh. I mean. He's got to graduate. That That's tough. Just because Sark's offense is so damn complex, like, I, and again, he might have a he might have a playbook right now. You know, I feel I'm sure Chris Jackson and Sark and AJ Milley are all been in consistent contact with him and trying to get him prepared as much as possible, even though he's miles and miles away. But still, you know, he's gonna be a he's gonna be behind. You know, yeah. and that's. What coming in in June, getting prepared for September? That's tough in Sarkeesian's offense. So hopefully they could simplify it for him at the beginning to where they're not throwing too much over his head. And as the season goes on, you could add more and more. And who knows? His football IQ could be out the ass, and you know it might not be a problem anyway. And it might fit a little bit of what Oregon State was doing. I don't know, but I. I wish he was an early enrollee too, so he could get a head start like the 30 guys that are already on campus. Yeah. I mean, for some guys, it doesn't matter. Calvin Banks, Derek Williams, Xavier Worthy, they just get it. Yeah. And I, that's where I think Sarkeesian's pretty good at evaluating who loves the game, who loves the game, who's all about the game. And You know, he talked about his two biggest, uh, I think the question was, are there some weaknesses that need to be turned to strengths, which I thought was, that's a pretty good way of putting it. But he said his number one priority is getting rapport between Quinn Ewers and Arch Manning and the receivers, that brand new receiver room um, outside of Jonte Cook, DeAndre Moore, and Ryan Niblett. You got seven newcomers, and he said that is priority number one. We got to get rapport between Quinn Ewers and Arch Manning in these receivers. And I'm told Quinn is running stuff. He's running the throwing sessions. Yes, Arch and Trey Owens are there, but Quinn is running the show, getting these receivers up to speed on what, you know, developing rapport, obviously just throwing the ball, getting comfortable, but also telling them, Hey man, this is how the offense goes and here's what we need you to do. And, and so Quinn Ewers, man, he took accountability last year, raised his level, won a big 12 championship. Now he's back. Looking for a natty. Yeah. 
Yeah, when you go from your QB percentage in 2022, which was 58% to 70 in 2023, he's gotten better the two years that he's been here. So we expect that in year three. And, yeah, I'm sure the coaches are going to challenge him to be more of a leader out there, more of a vocal leader. I mean, you and I talked about it briefly, you know, the first week or I want to say the first day of winter workouts when they put out on the social media team like that what was it a photo or video I think it was a photo but it was those guys doing the push-ups and who was in the middle QB1 Quinn Ewers looked like he was leading from right there with a very you know demonic green a grin on his face like yo dog you why you got that grin on your face this is supposed to be hard this isn't fun january for football is it fun it's all conditioning it's all about who wants it more like there's really not much of a ball out there so yeah dog for you to be taking this as something for a positive thing because you know what 2024 could be i love that man like everybody has a sense of confidence that you need that wasn't here, hell, five years ago, 10 years ago, et cetera. You know, like the confidence where everybody is, the guys that you have coming in, the freshmen that you have brought in, like it, it should be at the very highest. And it's due to what you've seen these last three years from Steve Sarkeesian and just the progression from each and all of those players. Remember how Herman was? He was like this pompous you know, my way or the highway guy. And he was condescending and smugalicious. Mm-hmm. It, it felt like he was trying to be someone he wasn't. And he was trying to be Urban Meyer. And that just doesn't work, man. No. Like Charlie, Charlie Strong was himself. I thought Charlie was awesome when, you know, people would be like, what was with all those missed tackles? And Charlie be like, I know, man. Like, I, I, we, we're trading them every day to make those tackles. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> You're like, oh, man, Charlie, I love this. Because he'd be yeah. like, I know, I know. <laughs> Herman was like, have you ever been out coached? He was asked that after he got beat up in Ames, Iowa. When his team jumped off sides on a field goal attempt, and he's like, no, no. It was beautiful. I can't stand Tom Herman, man. You know, the dude knows football. I'll give him that. He definitely knows the game. But, yeah, you're right, Chip. It's how you present it. Like, that my way or the highway shit, that don't run no more at all. You know, even Urban Meyer – when it was the best, you know, time for him, like even he toned it down a little bit to where he and, allowed Tim Tebow to be the leader of the team and, you know, things like that. You know, he didn't have to be bad cop all the time because Tebow was bad cop, you know, in a way. Well, and Urban recognized when Texas was playing footsie with him that, you know, he was saying privately, I'm not sure my – my tough love coaching works in the age of the transfer portal and NIL. So he went to the NFL and screwed it all up. Got paid to get, <laughs> get gone. Yeah. But grown men like shit, that, that's going to make sense. Herb. Yeah. So from that standpoint, 
I think uh, Sarkeesian's been kind of a good balance between Pete Carroll and, and Nick Saban. He said his second priority is finding, quote, the right combination in the secondary and finding a way to be more sticky in coverage, especially at the safety position. And then he talked about, because you need to slow down some of these high-flying offenses, like Washington, who lit you up. Michael Penix looking like freaking Troy Aikman out there in the Super Bowl. And there we go, Zay. Safety position. Everybody's are, are, you, on alert. are you calling for are you calling for Blake Gideon's job again? I said everybody's on alert. <laughs> we have oh, an alert. Oh my gosh. An alert. I heard yo, it. Yo, I I told you a while back. If Blake doesn't get this crew right with all that talent, Andrew Makuba, Xavier Filsamy, Kobe Black, Warbell Mack. To go along with Derek Williams and Mookie Taff, it might be one of those. You know what, Blake? Hey, you might be better off looking, Lions, baby. Yeah, you might be best off looking for another gig. I'll be, you know, your recommendation. I, I'll, I'll do all that, but it might be his time to go. This is my. This is a big year for Blake and Terrence. Don't think Terrence. He's a part of that too. Not so much. Because Malik Muhammad had that good of a year that you look at Terry Joseph and you're like, all right, Terry, you Malik Muhammad was special, and he could be one of those special guys that gives you those DBU flashbacks. But hey, Blake Gideon, I'm right there with you. You got me on that. He's on the fence, that high alert. <laughs> like alert. I, yeah, because after the sugar, but I was with you the whole year. I was like, damn, man, they're figuring it out. Jalen Catalan, he's been hurt. You know, this, that, and the third. Derek Williams doesn't play in the first half of the Sugar Bowl. Like, a lot's going on. And you're like, damn, why is Jaron Thompson still this inconsistent? Why is Keaton Crawford still this inconsistent? You know, like Mookie Taff, he's going to make his mistakes. The dude was a walk-on. He ain't going to be John Lynch out there. But he's, most of the time, he's in the right spot. It's just the lack of athleticism sometimes is his issue. But some of those guys, it just wasn't clicking enough. Well, let me take you back. Because if we're doing a full evaluation, we're having a serious conversation. If I'm sitting down with the Texas safeties coach after year one, remember, that's the that was the year that BJ Foster was just spreading cancer like it was Halloween candy. And yet he kept playing. He kept playing until finally they sat him down against K-State in the final game of the regular season, and he ends up, you know, leaving. But why? Why was he playing the whole year and giving up? In that Oklahoma game, he gave up. And he was – and Jaron Thompson was like – I always said, Jaron kind of followed the flow of – if things were good, he was was good. It was like an offensive basketball player – who is missing his shot and lets his defense suffer. I don't think there was anything malicious with Jaron. He kind of followed BJ. So Jaron's 
playing terrible. And then the next year, Caleb Williams says, excuse me while I whip this out. And my man Jaron had him dead to rights in the hole on fourth and one. Caleb steps right out of that tackle and goes 69 yards for a touchdown. And the rest, as they say, is history. But that, I mean, if we're doing an honest evaluation of the safety play, 21, 22, 23, it ain't cutting it. And I don't know, you know, Sark, Kukowski, they got to make those big money decisions. And I, I don't, I'm not saying get rid of Blake Gideon. I'm saying Blake Gideon, get the most out of your guys, get the most out of your position. And I want to see guys playing with confidence. I want to see, and if, if they had to make wholesale changes, which they just did, then let's go. I want to see these wholesale changes. I want to see how Andrew McCuba gets coached. I want to see how Xavier Filsimi gets coached. I want to see how Derek Williams and Michael Taft continue to develop. I want to see my man Jelani McDonald, who looks like freaking the cover of a muscle and fitness magazine. So I want to see these dudes. I mean, look, Derek Williams developed quickly into a smart playmaker. Michael Penix threaded the needle between him and Jade Barron on that 19-yard touchdown in the second half. But um, I think I think Jade was trying to bait him. And then he threaded the needle before Jade could get back over there. Oh, man. That was crazy how, how laser sharp Penix was against Texas and then how completely off he was. I don't know what to make of Penix. Like, I think he's going to be fine in the NFL because he's a survivor. He's been through hell. He's had, what, four season-ending injuries. I mean, the guy has – it's like I always say, man, I've been divorced. You cannot hurt my feelings, you know? <laughs> like – Nothing. I am made of, you know, rubber cement. Everything's going to bounce off of me. But this is, this is going to be, you know, this is going to be interesting because Michael Penix, man, he looks smooth. That lefty delivery, he carved Texas up like crazy. And then, you know, he looked terrible in the championship game, but yeah, yeah, um, he can play. He can play. Yeah, he can play. I think he'll be fine. Um, I think he'll stick around, and I could see him potentially having like a Geno Smith like career to where it might not start off great, but if he gets a second, third chance, depending on the team, he could really show something in the right system. And, yeah, I, you know, all, just all the hoopla with him being left-handed. You know, some guys, some GMs don't like that. And I think Tua is doing just fine. I mean, Tua could definitely be better. But, hey, he was in Orlando this past week, so he's doing something all right. He just needs to quit eating so much. But as far as him getting hurt all the time, that's the main thing for me, Chip, when I look at Michael Payne. 
Penix on his cons. Like those first few years in I uh, excuse me, Indiana, he was always in the tub. He was always hurting. They weren't just little injuries, they were season ending injuries. And then you saw how he looked in the national championship game against Michigan. Like he's hobbling off of that Houston Texans field into the locker room with the look like Kate know, Caitlin Clark coming off yeah. the court. After Come on, a, man. After a court storming, he was doubled over like Caitlin. On, Caitlin. Why, why is Caitlin uh, catching the stray? Come on, that's my girl. I love her. She is so I loved old. her until that. It was like, come on, girl. Hey, so she don't got to be nice to everybody. She pissed off after a win. Yeah, but why is she way. doubled over? The girl, bar- she barely got hit. Huh? Sell it, Caitlin. <laughs> yeah, sell it. Sell she, it. Yeah, she sold it, yeah. Get that, that whistle. You're right, bro. Like, it looked like he had some broken ribs in that game. And that's, is he that fragile? I mean, like, he didn't play in the senior bowl. I wouldn't have played if I was him either. Like, he's – I'm not going to show any bad film. Like, that's for guys like Spencer Rattler who needs to Bo show Nicks. all the – Yeah. Oh, if I was Bo, I would have chilled. I wouldn't have played if I was him, which he's a guy that is going to be interesting. He had a bad week. He did. Like, I I don't know. You know, I, I don't know what Bo's going to be. I don't know what his NFL comp is. Like, he reminds me of Gardner Minshew a little bit. Like, but just a little faster. So, okay. again, Gardner Minshew in Orlando. <laughs> so, I mean, what? Gardner Mitchell is putting out a pretty decent NFL career, if you ask me, coming from that Mike Leach tree back at Washington State. And he acts so much like Leach. It's it's insane how much he's like Leach. Like, it's crazy. But, yeah, I I don't know. Bo Nix, I don't know how he's going to be with all these quarterbacks and stuff. There's so many questions. And also, you keep going back to Jaron Thompson missing out on Caleb Williams at the Red River shootout. Yeah, because that was going to be the number one pick. A lot of people are going to miss him. Guess what? He didn't need to get there that fast. He didn't need to to have his first damn college game turn into freaking Kobe Bryant going for 81. I mean – Good God, the man dropped a snap, picked it up off the ground. No one got any pressure on him, and he throws a laser to the back corner of the end zone to Marvin Mims. And I will say this, the catch that Mims made at the goal line. Oh, that was crazy. That's an all-timer. Like, yeah. that's an all-timer. That that highlight should be shown every year at the Red River Shootout. Sorry, uh I forgot who he posterized, but that was insane what he did. That was Odell like, and yeah, that's Marvin Mims was me at the Pro Bowl. Marvin yeah. Mims, baby, Texas kid, Texas. Tom Herman passed on him. That way, Tommy thought he was too small. That way, Tommy. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that was one of the worst things about Tom Herman: the big, slow wide receivers how he would like those guys over the speedsters. Bro, what what do you think this is? <laughs> I can't even remember the names of his receivers. They were so bad. God, let's, uh, let's check in with our SEC insider and prognosticator, the one and only Lance Taylor of 
LancesLock.com, baby. What's going on, man? Not much, man. How are you guys? Getting ready for a little Super Bowl 58? Oh, yeah, man. We've been talking about it. Zay is all about the 49ers. I got the Chiefs by 10. What say you, Lance Dog? I don't want to actually give the official pick out. We yeah, can dance it, around don't. this. We can dance around it. I just will say this for effect. I am like the worst Super Bowl handicapper when it comes to a side. For whatever reason, I'm trying to remember the last Super Bowl I won. Last year, I had the Eagles. Um, I Well, I did have the Rams, I think. I can't even remember because I was so emotionally invested. But it's been an awful – if you go back to Super Bowl 34 from the Rams win, which that game was a push. They were a seven-point favorite against the Titans. But after that, I went on this incredible – like I couldn't like literally, I think at one point I was like three and 17. So for whatever reason, I cannot pick this game. So take well, that I love how honest you are. Uh, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to be real with it. <laughs> uh, it's like, you know, I cannot pick the Super Bowl to save my ass. So I have my dog. I put two dog bowls out, one with 49ers on it, one with Chiefs on it. And I see which bowl he goes, hey, there's a Super Bowl winner. But I'll, 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 here's how I break this down, Lance. No one's talking about this Chiefs defense. No one's talking about my man Steve Spagnolo and how he blitzed the bleep out of Lamar Jackson and had his head spinning. And I think that's what he's going to do. I mean, he doesn't, he actually doesn't blitz. It's a zone blitz because he drops guys out, but he seems to, have those those zone dogs all lined up for the for the opponent. I I just think it's gonna be the you know Legarius Sneed, um what Trent McDuffie. I mean they they're loaded on here's, defense. Here's the thing I would say this is by far Mahomes' best defense he's had while he's been at Kansas City. And obviously the offense not nearly as good as it has been in the past. Now Travis Kelsey is kind of um, resorted back to his old ways the last couple of games. But as good as the Spagnolia defense, and I love Steve Spagnolia. You know, back to the Giants days, was with my Rams for a while. Uh, he's one of the best defensive minds out there. They still were 27th against the run this year. And I don't think they'd be in this game if Todd Munkin would have run the football. I mean, 16 attempts against that defense. And I just think when you look at Kyle Shanahan, this is his third Super Bowl appearance. First is an offensive coordinator where they blew a 28-3 lead, abandoned the run altogether. And they went back, you know, and there was numbers on that. If he just would have taken a knee, I think they would have won the game on every possession. Right. Then you go back to the 10-point lead they blow with Garoppolo, run the football up 10 against Kansas City. I just don't think history is going to repeat itself again in this situation. And I really believe Kristen McCaffrey is going to be the difference. And this is what's kind of crazy. I've been studying all these props, and you guys know there's thousands of props now that are available. And Christian McCaffrey's rushing yards is 90 and a half. Kansas City has not given up a 90-plus yard rusher in 15 consecutive games. Vegas is always out in front of these things. I think the emphasis is going to be running the football, take the pressure off of Brock Purdy. Whether they can run or not, we'll see. But the Chiefs team I saw in the regular season gave up. Uh, you know, people were able to run against that defense. So I think that's going to be the difference if I'm looking at something. And that prop to me really jumps out. I mean, to put that at a number higher than, you know, Kansas City, again, holding 15 straight opponents to under 90 and a half is pretty crazy. Yeah. 
Yeah, Lance, coming into this 2023 season, I thought the 49ers were going to take a step back because D'Amico Ryan's going to the Houston Texans. Like, we know how good of a coach he is, what he's done in H-Town in year one. But Steve Wilkes, what he's done with this really good defensive group, I know uh, Hufunga got hurt, ACL injury, but they bring in Chase Young, and they're back to causing havoc. You know, they're back to looking like one of the best defenses in the league with Warner and Greenlaw. Do you think they will get enough pressure on Mahomes to muck up the game and have it go 49ers favorite? Yeah, you know, Zay, I think that's the the ultimate question. So we I was talking to a guy that that played in the league and I really respect yesterday. And he's like, if D'Amico was still the DC there, I would feel much better about this situation. Look, D'Amico was awesome, and obviously we see what he's able to do as a head guy year one at Houston. Um, but this defense, it seems to be off like a half a step compared to where they were last year. But I think Joey Bosa is a huge key because you look at what he was able to do against Detroit, getting multiple sacks. Um, Pat Mahomes has only been sacked twice in three postseason games. Uh, he was only sacked, I think, 28 times in the regular season. And this is a San Francisco defense that can get after you. So I think Bosa and Young are going to be huge keys. And it's not only getting to Mahomes, it's actually getting him on the ground because he is a guy, the ultimate magician, even if he's not creating and like getting positive yards with his legs, he extends the play long enough to drive you absolutely mad with some of the dump offs and just some of the incredible touch passes he makes. So I do think it is going to be more than key. And I think that's one of those, you know, it sounds easy on the surface. If you're like total sacks, obviously the number is going to be bigger for Kansas city because Brock Purdy is not as mobile or as elusive. Although he did have the 42 rushing yards last week against Detroit, um, Beat I think my he, lion's ass with his legs. He did. And that's another he won one. won the damn game with his legs in the second half. Hey, that's another one of those props that you could look at. Um, his rushing yards, by the way, Brock Purdy's are 12 and a half. It has not been over eight and a half in any game this year. And he rushed for 14 against Green Bay and then obviously the 48 against Detroit. And this has really skewed that number up. So even if you like San Francisco, you might like the over in this game. I think under 12 and a half. Rushing yards is a pretty good play out there for Brock Purdy. Um, but I think when you look ultimately at the more sacks, Kansas City or San Francisco, you know, to me, sacks are like turnovers. It's so difficult once you give up big yards on a second or third down to be able to get those back. So it's almost like a turnover. So I think that's going to be one of those key stats to look at. I'll be surprised whoever leads in sacks in this game doesn't win the game. Okay. All right. My man Pacheco, what are his rushing yards over under, 67? Yeah, I think it's 67. And Pacheco's been good. Um, I think he scored a touchdown in like seven of his last eight games. Uh, can he do it against the San Francisco defense? We'll see. I mean, he's got the benefit of having, you know, uh, one of right now already one of the top four greatest quarterbacks of all time at Pat Mahomes, and it opens things up for Pacheco. So if you are Steve Wilkes, you know, what do you do? Is it all about, you know, I'm more like stop Pacheco, make sure you're checked out as much as you can on Kelsey. And then, you know, Richie Lewis, Rasheed Rice, those other guys. Rasheed Rice, baby. Let those guys try to beat you, though. I just uh, I, I don't want Pacheco being the guy that really opens things up for Mahomes. I love that my man uh, Clark Hunt, who was at SMU, with me is looking and found Rasheed Rice and was like, yeah, man, we got to have Rasheed Rice. Cause I was like, 
Well, I who's, like that pick. Who's living the better life though, Chip? You were you were oh <laughs> yeah. This guy. Yep. I mean, look at me. You don't want to be in a suite this weekend in Vegas, do you? No. Yeah. No, I want to be at this Super Bowl party I'm going to that my wife has us invited to. <laughs> People I so don't even know. About that I can tell. I'm like, you don't even know. Yeah, I'm like, I actually oh. care about the Super Bowl. I do care about it, like every little thing about it. I'm kind of that, a. But how different would your weekend be if Detroit would have held on? I mean, I wouldn't be able to talk. I would just be like, you know, I'd probably be there. I'd probably be in Vegas, like waiting for the kickoff to see if I could get a ticket for, you know, after the game starts. But that, you know, the whole scalping thing is gone now, Lance. It's gone. gone. You can't, yeah, I mean. You can't do that anymore. Like you could stand outside on the curb and watch that guy's price come down. And then look at your watch and be like, oh, it's tip off. How about yeah. 20 bucks? <laughs> and you gotta be a old boy and be like, yeah. Multi-millionaire to uh to be at this game. And I told you guys Super Bowl 53 was the last one I went to in Atlanta where the Rams got beat 13 to 3. And I put way too much money on those tickets. I'll never do it again. I just I can't afford it. Like if I have some kind of major windfall, then maybe I would look at it again. But Thing, so one of our co-hosts opened up the show on Monday talking about it's Super Bowl week. Are you excited? And I probably didn't give the best answer, but I was like, I'd be more excited if there was new blood. Like, I know San Fran hasn't won a Lombardi in 30 years, but we just saw this matchup four years ago. And if Detroit would have been there, there would be something different, something more exciting about this Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and they're young guns. You know, that's the other thing is, I mean, we were talking to John Brown, the dad of Amon Ra, St. Brown, and those young guys were all hanging out together at the Pro Bowl, Laporta, Gibbs, Amon Ra. I mean, there's a Brian Branch. There's a movement there that feels feels good. Hopefully Dan Gamble won't uh, <laughs> won't screw it all. You know, Lance, I, was, I brought this up, and this is the kind of masochist that I've been this week. I brought up. Bill O'Brien and the Texans getting up 24 nothing on the Chiefs in the divisional round, what, four years ago? Yep. And and then O'Brien goes for a fake punt that blows up and the avalanche momentum, it was 41 unanswered points. And these fourth down decisions, man, it's it's real. It's real. And I don't know if you guys were watching the Alabama-Auburn game on ESPN2, but they brought on Charles Barkley. He was in the crowd, and so they started to talk about him. And they had a good 10, 15 minutes with Chuck, but Super Bowl came up, and he was talking about Dan Campbell. And he same thing we've said. He's like, I love Dan Campbell, but the regular season, this bravado, everybody loves the fact that he's got these huge balls and he's going for these fourth downs. It's different in the regular season to the postseason. And in the postseason, you've just got to be more of a gut feel. You got to throw the analytics out of the out the window. You've got to take points when you can get them. And look, it's easy to say now, but I thought at that point, as I'm sure you guys did, take the points there. And if they would have taken the points, they would have won the game. Against a defense full of first round picks. Like, how did you just think it was gonna go your way for three and a half hours? I mean, like at some point you gotta be like, my offensive coordinator is calling the game of his life. 
I'm not tempting fate here. We're going to take the points whenever we can get them because we're, you know. Wait, and here's another thing nobody talks about, guys. Like, those field goals would have been like 48 and 46 yards, I think. But even if you pick up those first downs, it doesn't necessarily mean you're not in a fourth and 15 again and you're right. kicking the field goal. I mean, it doesn't mean you're going to score a touchdown just because you convert those fourth downs. So, yeah, if I'm a Lions fan like you, Chip, I, I don't know if I could sleep unless you ultimately get a Super Bowl championship before you die. That's going to be a tough one to swallow. I mean, the Bobby Lane curse was supposed to last 50 years, and we're on year 64. No, that's tough. tough. (laughs) And don't get me started on me telling my wife, as soon as he went for it on that fourth down, I said, God bless it. Don't let this be the Bobby Lane curse. And sure enough, they don't get it. And all hell unfolds. The worst quarter ever. Lance, you hear this? It's Thursday of next week. You see how he feels? You see he's hurt, man. Yeah, so do you pull for the Chiefs just because San Francisco actually took your spot? I pull for the Chiefs just because I think that defense is – and I I get it. Buffalo ran on them. um, But I thought Buffalo's running game was really good this year. They They ran the ball down the Cowboys' throat for sure. Um. I don't know that – and McCaffrey is is awesome. Don't get me wrong. But, uh, you know, Chris Jones, I mean, I like – I just like Karloftis, Bolden. I like this Chiefs defense. I think it's – I think it's nasty. And, and, I, and then Mahomes. And, look, all the issues that they were having during the regular season, all the drops, everything, and Kadarius Toney – I don't even know why you let him on the charter. Maybe it's just so that San Francisco has to think we got to prepare for him. Maybe I don't. I don't know. Do you really have to prepare for for Tony? Yeah, but all his drops and bonehead stuff is gone away in the in the playoffs. They're catching the ball. Kelsey, eleven targets, eleven catches. Um, so I just think the Chiefs are. Yeah, that's that's another thing to look at. Kelsey's receiving yards in this one, 70 and a half at most most shops right now. He's gone 70 plus in 12 straight playoff games, longest streak in NFL history. So that seems like another one that's almost kind of a give me. Now, again, somebody can jam, you know, a knee, turn an ankle, anything can happen. And, you know, it might be Steve Wilkes, 100%. We're taking Kelsey out of this game. But 70 and a half receiving yards, the way he's playing right now, it seems kind of a Give me. Do you have Rasheed Rice's numbers there? I don't have them in front of me. I just pretty much put down things that I kind of like. So I didn't really see anything that jumped out with Rasheed. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's been so good for them. It's it's kind of crazy. Like he's he was I was I'm I'm even blown away because that you know, I thought he was a good player at SMU. Yeah, yeah. I, don't I didn't even, think he was and it, nobody saw this. I mean, it's like Puka Nakua. I mean, this guy goes yeah. I saw where ESPN redrafted last year, and Puka Nakua went fourth overall in this draft, and this is a fifth-round guy. So, yeah. you know, I mean, some of these guys, you you just don't know what they're going to do when they get to the next level. Underutilized, good quarterback play, great system, all that kind of stuff. But as good as Mahomes is playing, this is pretty crazy, too. So the touchdowns are one and a half, and over, I think it's minus 140, minus 150. But he's only gone um, under one and a half, touchdown passes in six of eight starts, I think. Yeah, in six of eight starts. So, you know, one and a half, I mean, it seems like Mahomes will toss a couple of touchdowns, doesn't it? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's what he does. And thinking about the Holmes, Lance, if he wins this one, that's number three. Obviously, he has a lot more football to play. But after Brady, where do you rank him? One of the greatest of all time. Well, I mean, I think through the age of 28, he's number one. But, you know, somebody brought this up, went back, looked at it, and it's legitimate. Um, Tom Brady won three and four years, and this is exactly what Mahomes would do. But then Tom Brady went nine years without a championship. So it's going to be more about the longevity and can Mahomes continue to be consistent and pick up Super Bowls in another decade? We'll see. And maybe he doesn't need to. I mean, they make so much damn money now. Um, It just depends, you know, does he have the desire to continue to play this game? But, you know, if he plays it the way he's playing right now, um, I mean, I don't see any reason he can't win, you know, five or six, I guess, uh, especially if he wins this weekend. I mean – Tom Brady was so obsessed. He would bring his trainer and his stretch bands to go to a wedding. And he's out there on the beach. You know, Giselle's probably like, hey, can I get some action here this morning? And he's out there like Apollo Creed and Rocky running the running the beach, doing wind sprints in the sand. So it is good as and Mahomes is a magician, but you know, I was for whatever reason, I was getting a workout in and the NFL network had a replay of Super Bowl 51 and where they're down 28 to three. And I was watching the final drive in regulation and it was the longest drive for the Patriots that year. They had to go, I think it was 91 yards or 89 yards to tie the game up and get the two point conversion. And James it's White. just like, it, it's yeah, it's unbelievable how good that guy was in the clutch. Yeah. yeah, and just didn't have the the physical, uh, the God given ability that Mahomes was given. But I don't want to discount anything Mahomes has done because I mean he has been nothing short of sensational. So that leading up to that Atlanta Patriots Super Bowl, I was on the radio nonstop saying the Falcons are going to win by two touchdowns, yeah. maybe three touchdowns. Again, back to my terrible Super Bowl history. I had the Falcons plus points, and because it went to overtime and. New England scored a touchdown. I ended up losing. Like, you're up 23. I think we were catching three and a half. I'm like, this thing's done. Like, even when it went to overtime, I was like, okay, I'm going to lose by three. But, uh, yeah, that's how bad my Super Bowl run has been. <laughs> Sean, Sean Adams, RIP Sean Adams, and I were at cover two watching it with all our, our boys. And I'm, you know, I've been on the radio all week saying Falcons by two touchdowns, maybe three. Sean, Irish goodbye at halftime. Oh wow! Like he he didn't want to hear it anymore. He was done. And then all of a sudden, it's they're coming back. They're coming back. Sean comes back. Sean comes back to the restaurant. He comes back to cover two. Was he just like sitting in his car? Or did he go somewhere else where he just went home? Wow! He went home. And then as soon as it started getting crazy, he came back. And I was like, this is so bleeped. This is, I'm like, Kyle Shanahan is the dumbest offensive coordinator in the history of football. Run the ball. Run the ball. I mean, that strip sack. Oh, my God. I, I was like, um, my, this is, this is, this is going to totally turn. And yeah. it totally well, turns. You know, at least we get good Super Bowls now. At least it seems like that. You know, there was a time in the 90s where we had, Dallas beating the hell out of everybody, San Francisco beating the hell out of everybody. And now at least we have Super Bowls that actually come down to one possession. Yeah. 
point. All right. So you're a Rams fan. You're a USC Trojans fan. Are you a Lakers fan? I am like I, the NBA kind of wore me out a couple of years ago. So I went and saw the Lakers in Atlanta last week just because it's such an easy drive. I mean, I am. I'm not like there was a time where it was like Rams and Lakers. It was really close. And like I would watch on NBA League Pass all 82 games and I'm kind of past that now. Because they're unveiling Kobe's statue today. And I'm I'm paying tribute to the to the Mamba. But do you have any uh you know everyone's trying to guess what the statue is gonna be? Because if you've seen the the statue of Magic Johnson, it's pretty lame. If you've seen the statue of Shaq, it's amazing. He's hanging on the rim with his feet in the air. I don't have my Kobe book in here. We're in the green room. My Kobe book's out in the living room or out in the uh, the, the lobby of uh, our company here. Um, I wonder what the statue is going to be. I will tell you, though, man, my my younger brother still watches all Lakers games, and he actually works with us here. Uh, his He had a dog named Kobe. Um, I'll never forget when Kobe struggled in the Western Conference Finals against Utah in his second year, I think it was. I remember I sat down to write him a letter and mail it to the Great Western Forum just to tell him, keep his head up. He got a lot of basketball in front of him. I never did. He probably wouldn't have read it anyway. But I've just always been a Kobe fan. You know, he's always been different. But, like, you can't you can't train yourself to be that competitive. He was born with that. An ultimate killer. I saw the video the other day of when they played Spain, the dream team, and he ran straight through Paul Gasol, his teammate, on the first play. I mean, that was the kind of stuff that was amazing about Kobe. We get asked like a daily question around here. Our social media director, she asked if living or dead, if you could go to dinner with one person, who would it be? And this is a couple of weeks ago, I was like, it'd be Kobe Bryant. Just because I just appreciated how detailed and how driven to excellence that guy was. And like, I don't know if he had a ton of enjoyment because it's almost like Nick Saban that we saw here for 17 years. Like you're so driven for everything to be perfect. I don't know if you can actually enjoy the moment. So which form of Kobe do you like the most? Eight Kobe number or eight or number twenty-four? Uh probably eight. Yeah. <laughs> he said the same thing. But yeah. I like I like both. And you know, that's one of those things you'll remember exactly where you were. I was in a car coming back from a wedding in Alice Beach down on the Florida Gulf Coast on a Sunday in January, right before the, the pandemic hits, right before we knew anything about COVID. And I remember getting the news and it's just one of those, you know, it really is surreal. It just, you know, somebody that young and uh, just has so sad because I just think that guy had so much other stuff that he was going to do in his life. He won an Academy Award, right? Yeah, I mean, that documentary. Yeah. For the Yeah. The guy was and he, you know, living in Europe, growing up there. The guy was a completely worldly renaissance man i mean spoke three languages uh he was impressive all right let me ask you this lance um do you got a kalen DeBoer update for us what what's going on there at bama yeah so i i don't know what the organization is um for texas like it's called the red elephant club and there's different chapters all over the state and so yesterday in Tuscaloosa, National Signing Day, uh, one of our co-hosts, Jim Dunaway, who you're really familiar with, he was down there hosting with uh, another guy that's part of the collective. And so all of the coaches went on at some time or another in front of the Red Elephant Club and they all spoke. 
And I mean, DeBoer seems to be very comfortable where he is right now. Uh, they have been crushing, like just going out and making sure they're, you know, in the faces of high school coaches and some of these big prospects. They had a really good signing day yesterday. And the big news was, you know, uh, Mike McDonald gets hired from Baltimore to Seattle as Seattle's next head coach. And the thought was Ryan Grubb was in the mix and he could possibly come back to Seattle and be the offensive coordinator. And there were a lot of people reporting that last Friday. And some people I talked to said Seattle is really serious about this. And I still thought it was a conversation until yesterday when Ryan Grubb got up in front of the Red Elephant Club for the first time. And he said, I'm Ryan Grubb. I'm your offensive coordinator. And I think that that was so definitive like it tells me that Ryan Grubb is going to be there and Caleb DeBoer is keeping this together. And he signed what a lot of people viewed with the top recruit in the state and Ryan Williams, a wide receiver. Um, and that was back and forth between Alabama and Auburn. And so that was a big get for him, but I think Alabama fans are settling in. Uh, they know it's not going to be Nick Saban, but you know, I, I still, I'll stand by it. I think it's a great hire. We'll see how it plays out. I know Vegas is down a little bit on Alabama. You know, typically that win total is 10 and a half or 11. It dropped to nine and a half when, it was released this week, but it's a brutal schedule. And and I think that's kind of the line. I think if he goes 10 and 2, I think Alabama fans are going to be like, okay, we're in a college football playoff, good first year. If he goes 9 and 3 and they miss the college football playoff, I think Alabama fans are going to be like, told you, this isn't going to work out. You like his staff? Yeah. I mean, I, I think so. Kane Womack coming in, a sitting head coach at South Alabama, to be able to get him to leave that post because South Alabama, like the facilities, my daughter was there uh, her freshman year. Beautiful place, beautiful campus. Um, you know, he was making seven figures down there. For him to leave that and have the confidence that, that – I mean, there's no way he's going to leave as a sitting head coach if he doesn't think Kalen's going to have a lot of success. And he coached with him in Bloomington and Indiana. So, you know, I think Walmart getting him is huge. Um, linguist, another sitting head coach at Buffalo, bringing him in. Um, you know, you, you keep a guy like Freddie Roach that was on that staff. Yeah, I mean, you know, all in all, and, and I can only go by, you know, you know the big names, you know uh, Kelly DeBoer and you know Ryan Grubb, but when other people close to the program say these other, you know, assistant coaches are the glue that holds it together and these guys have come on board, I think it's a really good stat. Yeah. How do you think Saban's going to do with college game day? I mean, we kind of knew that was going to happen months ago or basically when he retired, we knew he was going to be on that crew. But you think he could do a good job? He clearly knows the game. but can Yeah, he I think he will. You know, I mean, he's got a little bit of a personality. He seems really robotic. He's loosened up over the last couple of years. But, you know, when he's been in that situation, you know, what was it? Uh, David Pollock that said uh, George is kind of the standard now and Saban was sitting right there on the desk. So, you know, he's been in this role before when Alabama hasn't played for national championships. So we've seen him, um, you know, be an analyst before. And I think he'll do a really good job. You know, the only thing is that desk has gotten so crowded on game day because when you added McAfee and you've still got uh, Reese, Kirk, McAfee. Um, Desmond. Desmond, Corso, and now Saban. That's a big-ass desk. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they uh, they got rid of Pollock for McAfee, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, look, Corso, it's a great tradition. Sooner or later, that's going to go away, though. And I would think sooner yeah, he's than 88. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's like crazy. Corso's, he's, man, he's, he's got, uh, he's on his ninth life, maybe, but maybe, maybe not. Maybe he's 100. Yeah. Maybe he's in a maybe he's in a blue zone down there in, uh, in, in Florida. Is Saban going to keep coming on your show? 
Uh, it's a great question. I don't know the answer to that. Um, I would say it will probably be more difficult to get him on. And a part of that deal, and you guys probably saw this, because I know y'all will be at SEC Media Days this year, is he is going to be part of SEC Media Days, which really surprised me. Um, but I don't know. I mean, we might get opportunities to get him on. Um, I, I do know this, like, you know, with Saban and, and some of the other coaches in their programs around college football have started to do this. And I guess Sark is probably like this, too. One voice, one program, one voice. Assistants don't speak. Kalen DeBoer is not like that. He allows his assistants to talk. And, you know, in the media, obviously, we want that. I get the one program, one voice. Um, but I'm kind of excited about getting to know these other guys. Yeah. Yeah. I Listen, Kalen DeBoer, all he's ever done is win. Everywhere. So he's he's like, I'm good. I'm comfortable in my in my skin. Maybe – you know, maybe he's just got it wired like that. Maybe he's being naive. We'll find out. But, um, yeah, it's good to have some personality. We're always like, I mean, we love Sugar Bowl Media Day because we actually got to talk to these other coaches. Right. Yeah. Like, Very they don't have a choice. Yeah, we never got to with Save ever. Like, I can't remember the last assistant we had on. It was a situation like that at one of these college football playoffs. But, yeah, it was far and few between. Where it's where it's mandated. Um, all right. Well, any uh, other Lance's lock little nuggets? Uh, so as you listen right now, we've got six plays up tonight. We've got a free play, uh, the Orlando Magic minus ten and a half against Wimbledonana and uh, the San Antonio Spurs, and we've got five college plays up. So uh, we'll have props up. We'll have a side in total. Uh, one day packages available for Super Bowl Sunday. Jump on board, try us out, see what you think. But again, free play every single day at lanceslock.com. Yo, don't sleep on those magic boys, Lance. They make the playoffs. I don't care who plays them. That's not going to be an easy out. Bancaro, Wagner, no. Bancaro's been, been lights out. That kid can play. I didn't, I didn't know what we would get after one and done at Duke, but you're starting to see Bancaro, a guy that's led the Magic in scoring 12 of the last 14 games, and he's uh, he's a player. Yeah. Hey, last one for me, Lance. What do you think of uh, Kingsbury going to Washington? He kind of hit the Raiders with that okie dog. We thought he was yeah. going there, but now he's He said they wouldn't give him a three-year deal. Mm. Well, I think Antonio Pierce, he held it together well as the interim coach, gets the job. Um, the Raiders, that's just one of those organizations, and I'll say the same with the Commanders. But you're kind of hamstrung with Jimmy Garoppolo. I've heard they're going to make a move, uh, possibly even Justin Fields. We'll see. But Aiden O'Connell is not going to be the guy long term. And if you're Cliff Kingsbury, who I don't think is a good head coach, I think he's a really good offensive coordinator. Um, him going to Washington now, you get that second overall pick. And maybe if Chicago wanted to stay with Fields, they trade that away and get the number one overall. And if you could reunite him with Caleb Williams – then you're on to something. And even if not, I mean, I think Jaden Daniels is going to be a stud. A lot of people think Drake May is going to be that guy. You know at number two, worst case, you're going to get that second guy that you want. So, to me, it made more sense. Um, and especially right now, you look at the West, uh, the AFC West. You've got Patrick Mahomes, who is going nowhere. Um, I think with Harbaugh coming over, I think the Chargers are going to be much better. And They're a playoff team. You go to the NFC East, I mean, the Eagles, they started to really take on water. The Cowboys are the Cowboys. They can't get over the hump. They might win 13, 14 games a year, but you guys know this. You just feel like in the NFC East, it's so wide open. And if you get quarterback right, you know, that could be a little ride there. We'll see. Would you trade Dak Prescott for Kirk Cousins? No. 
Because <laughs> I go back to this. I mean, what is I like Kirk Cousins. I think he's underrated. Um, and Dak may be overrated because of the lack of uh, getting it done in the postseason. But what has Kirk done in the postseason? I know. Yeah. So I know. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah. Dak. I'm done with Dak, but I was done with Dak before they gave him the big contract. So you got Jared Goff now. You don't need to worry. Hey, about Trey Lance, Trey Lance, he's sitting back there on that Cowboys roster. I'm gonna say no, no, no. Get him up. Yeah. Get him in the bullpen, baby. <laughs> Let's see what we got. Time to look under the Christmas tree. See, All right, that's man. how I know you're blowing smoke when you start going Dick Vitale on us. That's yeah. how. <laughs> Super Bowl 58. You guys enjoy. If you get a uh, private jet, some tickets, and uh, you have extra room, let me know if that comes down last minute. Uh, we would have had that if uh, the Motor City Kitties were in the Super Bowl. I get it. We'll, I get it. We'll uh, we'll hope for next year. Yeah. Uh, always right. fun. You guys enjoy the game. Appreciate Thanks, you, Lance. Lance. Appreciate you. See you guys. Lance Taylor. The Lance Taylor. On social media and lanceslock.com. Um, hey, Apple Leasing Kids, Apple Leasing, getting you into the car you really want to be driving. Not that pile of bolts that you're trucking around right now, miserable, but you're unwilling to go buy a new car because you don't want to pay for the future trade in value of the car. Guess what? When you lease from Apple Leasing, you're not paying for the future trade in value of the car, you're only paying for the car while you're driving it. So you're getting into a better car than you thought you could afford, and it's brand new, under warranty. And two, three years into your lease, you want to change making model of car? No problem, because Apple Leasing leases every make and model of car. So they don't care what car you pick. They just want you to be happy. If you had a bad leasing experience in the past, probably because you had leased from a dealership. The dealership is not going to let you out of the contract. They're going to impose the penalties because they don't want you to leave. Apple leasing, you can move from making model a car, no problem. Everything is about you and your happiness at Apple leasing. Give them a call, 346-9977 or visit appleleasing.com. Tell them Chip Brown sent you. And uh, Brain Vault, Brain Vault, the mouth guard that is patented, proven to protect your competitor from the effects of concussion. And that is what it's all about. You want your competitor to play hard, but you want them to play safe. There is only one mouth guard, folks. It's not one of those that you buy at the store and boil a pot of water. You go to the dentist's chair or they come to you for group fittings uh, because Brain Vault was developed by Austin's dentist, Dr. Greg Eckert, Dr. U-E-C-K-E-R-T. And it is the preeminent mouth guards changing the game. And this is what the pros are wearing, the college athletes are wearing. You got a cheerleader, lacrosse player, flag football player. Make sure that they're protected. Brainvault.com to set up a fitting. And cover three, folks. If you haven't made your Super Bowl reservation, um, we need to get going here. Give a call to cover three. The Round Rock location, Anderson Lane. If you've never been to cover three, oh my gosh. And you're a sports fan listening to this show. Oh, man. I mean, you are going to love Cover 3. High-end food, the Sean Adams prime rib sandwich, the Parmesan fries. Oh, yeah, go get it. The brunch on the weekends. Come on. Do it yourself, Bloody Mary Bar. That's what I'm talking about. Zay, 
I'm feeling stronger about the Chiefs. What? Yeah, man. Like this to me, this is a no doubter. So if if the 49ers win this game, I'll I will legitimately be like, wow, okay. Okay. Cause after watching, maybe I'm maybe I'm biased because I watched the Lions just run right through them. And every time Amonron needed a third and nine, a third and ten, a third and twelve, a third and eighteen, he got it in the first half. And if you watch the first half against the Packers, like you're going, what's 49ers team? There's something off. And I'll give it to Brock Purdy, man. He bailed them out. Running around, making those plays with his legs. That is what ultimate, well, that and fucking football's bouncing off a guy's face masks into the hands of Brandon Ayuk. And, oh, here I am on the one-yard line. Our punter punted at 74 yards. Let me field the ball and step on the end zone line. I mean, you can't make this stuff up, what was going on in that NFC Championship game. It's ridiculous. But I just look at the Chiefs, man. Legereus Sneed, was that a play at the goal line with Zay Flowers? Was that a play? Yeah, that, that dude came swinging. He was throwing haymakers, and he got it. Yeah, I know Zay Flowers. It's gonna haunt him for the rest of his career. Hell, rest of his life. I mean, especially with the big catch that he made in the first half when Lamar was running for his life, and then I love Zay Flowers. Game, I do too. You know, love. I hope. I hope he uses this as motivation that comes back even stronger. And, oh, by the way, I just saw a rumor on my phone saying that Odell Beckham Jr. and Kim Kardashian might be dating. So if I'm a Baltimore Raven fan, it might be time to let go Odell Beckham. Snip, snip, because that's a cancer. Anytime you have a Kardashian on your arm and you're an athlete, uh, they don't win very much. They don't win very much. Like, you go, oh, what about Lamar Odom? Lamar Odom got with Chloe after the championships. So, yeah, a little no. different. A little different. But, yeah, the Baltimore Ravens, hopefully Todd Munkin could figure it out and not be a dumbass next time around, and maybe they could get back to that spot. But, yeah, for the 49ers, man, I'm telling you, like, people like you is the reason why I'm feeling good about them because it's so easy to look at. What the Chiefs have done these last few years, Andy Reid, Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, the fact that if you're a conspiracy person, Taylor Swift, you know, they want the Chiefs to win, blah, blah, blah. Yo, Brock Purdy, Brock Eli Manning Purdy with all those weapons. He got way more weapons than Eli had. Way more. Way more. Oh, hell yeah. Come on now. So life should be a lot easier. But that defense for the Chiefs, Spags, they ain't BSing. They ain't playing. Yeah, but, Willie Willie Gay is also healthy and ready to go. Okay. Bring it on. Willie Gay don't play. I get it. Like, but, their run defense has been a little lacking without Willie Gay. Yeah. How healthy is he, though? How healthy are you? He Willie? says he is good to go. Yo, former Texas alum, Charles Menehue. He ain't playing. Yeah, that's that big. Charles has been big for them. Oh man, 
He had to play the game. Yeah. Rip sack. Last week or two weeks ain't ago. Gotta worry about Charles no more. You know, Nick Bosa, those dudes. You still gotta worry about my man, Drew. I'm gonna make you tranquil. And my man, George Karloftis. Looks like a Karloftis. I like that dude's got the head of a whiskey barrel. Karloftis looks like, yeah, he got. Yeah, Carlotas. I like that. Made. Yeah, man. I don't know. Actually, I think what I about do. The distractions, but... though. The drunk ass daddy, Patrick Mahomes, drunk ass daddy. There's distractions. This ain't like it's an easy week with you know where you could just focus on football. That's not a thing. It's not a thing. Let me tell you something. At this point in Patrick Mahomes' life. He's like, uh, I know how important this week is. It don't matter if daddy's been out drinking at the bar or daddy's been running naked in the streets. I am about this business. I'm about getting this done because I am getting compared to Tom Brady. And all I do is go to AFC championship games. And it is time for me to put this down just excuse me while i whip this out nah i'm that's where i'm gonna have to respectfully disagree because patrick mahomes is human patrick mahomes has a heart he it has to be somewhere in his mind this week he cold-blooded not this week it happened this week you think kobe bryant would have a heart i don't know that's the that's the difference that that's the difference what are you talking about that's one of one third super bowl by age 28 that Kobe Bryant comparison, that's one of one dudes. No one is as nuts as Kobe Bryant. Nobody is up. People are taking them to court for rape. And this dude's dropping 50 the same night he's going to court, flying from Colorado to Sacramento to play the Kings and dropping 50. Flying from Colorado to Miami to play the Heat and dropping 40. Nobody was like that. That comparison, I get what you're trying to do, but come on, Kobe was different. But listen, I don't know if Patrick has that. Mahomes is going for the same kind of championships. I mean, Kobe had five, but let's look at the let's look at it. Did Kobe have three at 28? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did. He had three at like 22, 23. But again, you can't come out of high school in the NFL. So if you look at it like that, like first first six years in the league, how many years has Patrick been in the league? Yeah, he had three at age 20. He won them at 22, 23, and 24. By the way, how old was Lance when he was writing that letter? That's – because Lance, you know, he be talking about his daughters in college. Like, Lance, man, Lance be looking like he's 38. I'll be doing yeah, the Lance math in my head when you're telling me stuff. I'll be like, yo, Lance, stuff's not adding up here. Like, what, what are you? How old are you? I mean, Lance looks like in his 30s, which works well as a, a single man. But he's 50. He ain't single. I mean, he ain't, don't. he ain't married. What are we doing? 
What are you doing? Hey, what are you doing? Don't put me in this. What are you doing? Don't you per se Hilton me. <laughs> We've literally had Lance on the show if he's when he's with his woman driving. And you're out here Listen. calling them single in there, trying to get him in trouble, Lance. That ain't all me, Lance. That in my mind, single. On okay, all right. I be, I better keep my voice down because I don't want that. Uh, yeah, I we yeah, I I'm yeah. I should have said there's no ring on his finger. See, that's that's out of pocket. That's out of pocket. Jonathan, what you talking about? You if think I'm hating? Brittany Mahomes' mama acting the fool. Brittany doesn't stop for nothing. Patrick seems like he has a heart. That's what I'm saying. Pat Listen, has a heart. Not this week. You heard not him on week. that. Did you, hey, hey, did you see how he was kicking around Justin Tucker's stuff and Kelsey? I saw Girl. Kelsey. I saw Kelsey being ignorant. Now, he he definitely has no heart. He wasn't paying for his ex-girl's food and stuff like that. Like, he, he has no heart. We know that. Which he might have more of a heart now that he's with Taylor. So... You know, people could grow, but Patrick Mahomes, you heard him talking uh, 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 on the Netflix special when, oh, Brittany Matthews, Brittany Mahomes was pregnant. He was like, I oh, hope she's not pregnant while we're playing or anything like that. He has a heart. He has a heart, you know. Somebody you're else would have been to, like, Shoots. You're just trying to make excuses. I don't really know why. Who's Brock Purdy's woman? Does he have a woman? I don't think he does. I've never seen her. They don't show her. They always show mom and pops locked in. You don't want no woman locked in. He don't need that. Don't Kevin Durant that. had his mom living with him. See that? That's it. That's that's weird. Like that's his weird. first, however long he was in Seattle, she was living with him. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, KD, you are. Yeah. I love it. He's so obsessed. He didn't have his driver's license. He didn't have his driver's license when he left Texas. He didn't, he didn't get his driver's license until he was like 20. I always said they should have done a commercial with Kobe and LeBron in a car and KD on a bike with like tassels riding his bike and LeBron and, and Kobe go, hey, KD, you want to ride? Yeah. And KD's like, no, man, I'm good. And then he just starts pedaling his little bike down the road. You you should have sent that to Phil Knight. We got a little Nikes commercial. I think that would have that commercial would have killed. Yeah. I have these great ideas, say. I, I don't know. I, I, I know that. I got I know that. You know. Okay, I so did well, have the patent. I did have the patent for uh the copyright, excuse me, for Legion of Boom. Did you really I started well me and a guy named Larry Peoples, who is the father of baseball players, Nick Peoples. Um, I came up with Legion of Boom for Will Muschamp because I thought he was going to be the head coach at Texas. And so copyrighted it, ended up selling it to a group in Seattle for good cash. Wow. That's impressive. I didn't you know, know that story. That's impressive. Yeah. Little hustler back in the yeah. day. Yeah, man. Hey, that's all uh, we call you the eight mile hustler. That's why we call it Ain't My Hustler, baby. Mom's got spaghetti. You, you know? Yeah. Gosh, that's funny. Little, got a little throw up on my sweater. One one chance, one opportunity. Oh, here we go. 
Oh, it was so close, Zay. Oh, hell, we would have had Eminem. Huh? I know you're hurting, man. I get it. I mean, think about, well, no, I don't, no one else cares, but. What you mean? I care? You'd have had, you'd have had Eminem. I mean, we would have been listening to Lose Yourself on a Loop on this show. Just nonstop. It would have been so great. And the Lions defense would have had me chugging Tums like nobody's business. But it would have been fun as hell to to be in the mix. You know what I'm saying? For sure. I didn't like the matchup with Kansas City for Detroit. I did not. They played in the first week of the season. Chiefs didn't have Kelsey. They didn't have uh, – they didn't have Chris Jones. Chris Jones and the chiefs were still playing with point shaving Kadarius, Tony <laughs> Damn. who had three balls go through his hands, including one right to rookie Brian branch who scored a pick six in his first NFL game. But I got to give it to my wife because when the lions won that game at Arrowhead, she scrapped plans that we had for, Texas is off week and immediately planned the trip to Tampa for the Lions Bucks game. Yep. And that like was that. awesome. Yep. Bucks moves wore the like that. Moves like that is why you go in the pit bull what, tomorrow night. I'm getting fired up, baby. Fireball. <laughs> Mr. Worldwide. Give me a break. Coolo. I'm not gonna say anything else. Everything so. tonight. Yeah, man. Oh, I know. Party like no tomorrow. Short type music where you're pumping your fist and stuff. Yeah, man. Hey, Enrique Iglesias is performing. I'm wondering if Anna Kornikova is gonna be there. They're not still together, are they? Aren't they? Really? Are you? Are you? Do you know something I don't? I. I mean, when I think of celebrity, you know, matches like that, they usually don't last twenty plus years. I thought, I like, thought they had kids together. Just because you got kids, don't mean it work. You know, Will and Jay, then look at them. Like, all right, know. all right, hold on, hold on. No, Tom they're still together, player. Wow, wow, Enrique, that's impressive. That's impressive. Two yeah. decade long relationship. Wow, man. Yeah, I remember her in the, his video back in the day. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're like playing tonsil hockey in that video. Wow, gross. And remember, so I'm a Red Wings fan, huge Red Wings fan. And Sergey Fedorov, remember, he was like, you know, he, he was crazy for her and she was. He was like 23, 24, one of the best hockey players in the world. She was like 16. It's like, I, dude, that's against the law. Uh, <laughs> Yo, I don't know what's going on in Russia. Relax. <laughs> Not quite sure what's going on in Russia, but here you're going to the pokey. Yeah. If you're trying to do the pokey, you know? Yeah. I mean, maybe it was like one of those Josh Giddy situations where the rules are different. You know, in Russia, 
and in Australia than they are in the States. I don't know, but yeah, it's not a good look. Sergey Fedorov is doing. We need to do a wellness check on him. Yeah, because that sounds very down bad. Like, I get it. She was attractive, but. All right, Sergey is still with us, and he is married, not married. Wow. Yeah. He's not still holding a torch for Anna Kornikova, is he? I hope not. Oh, wait. he's He is married. He is married to someone named Karina, who kind of looks like Anna Kornikova. Yep. That's how it always goes. Yeah. yeah, that was like Reggie Bush married a girl who looks exactly like... Uh, uh, yeah, Kim Kardashian. Kim Kardashian. Yeah, Kanye's new wife looks like Kim. It's weird, man. Odell oh, Beckham. you know, his He's wife right. looks like Tara Reid. Oh, maybe this is Tara Reid. Oh, this is from a long time ago. He was with Tara right. Reid? Yeah, he dated... Sergey Fedorov dated Tara Reid. God, Tara Reid, horrible actress, but... Horrible actress, her, not good-looking. Not good-looking? Tara Reid from American Pie? Yes! Are you kidding me? I'm still pissed that Kevin got to hit that at the very end. She got a bad boob job. She looks like she got two tennis balls in the bottom of a sock. Oh, I'm not saying you know, not everybody has LeBron James longevity, but you know, she had some runs where she was oh yeah, second team all American at least a couple of years. American Pie one and two. Yeah, American Pie one and two. She was on top of the world. (laughs) She was on top of the world. Yeah. Now she's doing reality shows with Flavor Flav and Vanilla Ice. Yeah, you you could just tell Tara Reed it was gonna be tough for her to keep that. You know, she's no Heather Locklear, you know. She she didn't she didn't gracefully age right like you would have thought. She could Heather Locklear. Heather Locklear. Woo! She was a smoke show through the 90s. Woo! Come and on then, now. And then she lost her mind. She went like Martin Lawrence crazy. She went like, who's that other gal? Um, <laughs> little short-haired gal. <laughs> Hold on. Why? 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 <laughs> Martin Lawrence, why is he catching the stray? What? Remember when he was out homeless on the streets? Talking crazy. Martin? Yeah. Like, he was like, What's up, Martin? He, that Martin? I mean, he may have been on one bad trip, but he was, I mean, he, he just made the, um, the last Bad Boys movie not too long ago. I want to say it came out right before Will Smith slapped the hell out of Chris Rock. And, you know, he looked fine. I'm not saying he's going to win any awards. But he didn't look like he lost it. But you know what? You say that now, and I, <laughs> I saw Martin, um, gosh, one of the award shows. Yeah, 1996. Martin Lawrence was picked up for standing on a street, busy Los Angeles intersection, screaming obscenities at motorists with a loaded pistol in his pocket. <laughs> that, that was just a bit. That had to oh. be just a bit. I don't know. That's I was five years old, so I really don't know. I've never heard this story before. I mean, 
he was still making movies after that, like Big Mama oh, yeah. House came out oh, yeah. that, and Blue Streak, all of those hood classics. No, I love Martin Lawrence. I love Martin. Like, I could watch a marathon of Martin. No oh, problem. Tisha Campbell, Tashina Arnold. Come on, man. It was great. This on. I love Tashina Arnold. Every single show that she's been on, she started off on Martin. She probably started off before that, but she became famous for being Pam and Martin. And then she was on the show Everybody Hates Chris, which was Chris Rock as a child. She was the mom in that. Hilarious. Her husband was Terry Crews. They have a good chemistry in that. And now she's with Cedric the Entertainer on a show called The Neighborhood that comes on CBS. That's pretty damn funny, too. So she's talk about longevity. She's been in the game for 30 plus years and she's always been funny. And she still looks good too. She still looks, yeah, that black don't crack. Uh, yeah, <laughs> she's one of them. She, she's one of them. So. Oh, hell, it's uh, it's 10 up. We got to get, uh, we got to get cracking. All right. Um, Audio visual consultations, kids. This is where you go. And you don't go anywhere, actually. You just pick up the phone. Just, like, if you know you need a new big screen, then write this number down or just dial it right now. 255-8678. And just make the call. Because the first thing you're going to get is a free consultation. My man Tom McKay is going to come to you. He's going to size everything up, what you want to do. He's going to tell you how, you know, how great it's going to be. And then he's going to bring his crew and they're just going to whoop, whoop, whoop. And it's like magic. So there you go. Thank me later. AVConsultations.com, 255-8678. Of course, they got the surround sound, the surveillance, electronic shades, new lighting. Um, And Salt Traders Coastal Cooking. Hey, Thursday night, date night, Friday night, weekend. Take your person, your partner, your special someone to Salt Traders Coastal Cooking if they love oysters. And those are apparently an aphrodisiac. They have dollar oysters during happy hour. There you go. Salt Traders, Zilker, and Round Rock from our man Jack Gilmore, who gave you Jack Allen's kitchen. All right, Zay. Um. Super Bowl. I'm not going to lie. I love the story of Rishi Rice. Rishi Rice, my man from SMU, who no one was talking about coming out of uh, coming out of SMU. And he ends up going in the second round to the Chiefs. And do we remember life after Tyreek Hill for Patrick Mahomes? And by the way, did you see when he when he answered that little kid, they're putting together fantasy football teams, and you can pick anyone in the history of football. And Patrick Mahomes took Tyreek Hill. Yeah. They – they were on an odyssey. Um, I kind of don't know how the Chiefs won the Super Bowl last year. Yeah. Um, but 
Rasheed Rice has come in, and he is now wide receiver one. And it's a great story. I mean, this is a a kid who, you know, ended up going to high school in Richland, Texas. And he, you know, was just a steady producer at SMU. And, of course, the dude can move. I just didn't know that he would be able to be the third down catch guy in the fourth quarter with the game on the line and do it over and over and over again. Like this, this dude wants the ball and you can't put me in enough difficult situations. So I have a little bit of a soft spot for my man, Rasheed Rice, who I know the NFL honors are tonight. I'm going to watch um, because I do like me some, uh, you know, some of those awards are pretty fun. And Kyle Brandt from Good Morning Football is pretty funny. He's going to present the angry run of the year. But, uh, yeah, man, Rasheed Rice, I'm pulling for you, baby. I'm pulling for you. And I'm also pulling for a really, really good-looking Kobe Bryant statue tonight at – Staples Center. Zay, let's get to the right call. All right. Before the right call, though, got to shout out Culver B. Cave, Culver Auto Group, family-owned automotive dealership that have been getting folks out of those beat-up pintos and hoopties and all types of just BS. Y'all been driving around the ATX area for over a hundred years, and they've been providing the people with a high-quality selection of pre-owned and new vehicles, so you're going to be satisfied once you get your whip at Culver B. Cave, and they got seven terrific brands to choose from dodge buick gmc chrysler ram cadillac jeep you're gonna find exactly what you want we were talking about cadillacs earlier man cadillac is a classic i'd love to get me a cadillac well if i wanted to get one i'd definitely go to covert bk to get one and if i need to go look at all the latest specials and in inventory i'll do that at covertbcave.com nobody beats a covert deal not now not ever all right, Chip, the right call today it is about the NBA trade deadline. And teams are out here making moves, specifically the Dallas Mavericks, who got a lot better today, in my opinion. The Mavericks traded away Rashawn Holmes, Grant Williams, and Seth Curry to get Daniel Gafford, who's a 6'11 big man, kind of one of those – I want to say old school back to the basket bigs, but he's a really good pick and roll big and a good defender from Washington. So him and Luca should have very good repertoire because it's what about good. Royce O'Neal to your Phoenix Suns? Good pickup. Good pickup. Royce O'Neal, Harker Heights high school. Yeah. That's yeah, man. Texan central Texan. I like Royce Our man. Mike Harge coached him on an AAU team. Yeah, that's Kenfo for hard. Didn't play him enough. And I'm like, Royce O'Neal hates your guts. Like you're that <laughs> coach. You're the coach that inspired him to become great because you weren't right. playing him enough because you were too busy playing your own son. Like oh, wow, jeez, man. I know he's no uh, longer with us, but wow, what a stray Harge is catching right now, man. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, <laughs> Harge is laughing because he I did it yeah. on the air all the time. I'm like, Royce O'Neal, you bench that guy. Yep, sure like did. you're the only one 
All right, so yeah. you like Royce O'Neal to the Suns. Yeah, I like him to the Suns, but back to the Mavs. They got P.J. Washington and Daniel Gafford. The Mavs got a lot better, a lot better. They thought Grant Williams was going to work. It's not. It's not. Grant Williams, it just hasn't worked out. I don't know why. Grant Williams, I think he's a solid player. Came from Rick Barnes at Tennessee. He's only 6'6", but, you know, he's not shooting the ball where the Mavs need him to shoot it. And P.J. Washington, him being around 6'8", the same size, he's a way better shooter and way more athletic than Grant Williams. So it will make sense with him in the two-man game with either Luka or Kyrie. So, the Mavs sitting at the eighth seed. I really like the moves that they made today. Patrick Beverly going to the Bucks to you know team up with Dame Lillard, which that's going to be interesting because Pat Bev and Dame have not liked each other throughout their careers because they've been battling. Like Pat Bev is one of the best point guard defenders in the association, so every time they play a Dame Lillard team, that's who he matches up with, and we know Pat Bev. He's on borderline dirty patrol, so yeah, I get it. So they're gonna have to squash. Those are the, the players you had. hate to play, but you love having on your team for sure. Absolutely, like when Patrick so Dame and Giannis need to get over it. Yeah, yeah. So they need you, some. You think, do you you say the G in Giannis? <laughs> Giannis. Giannis. I say the G. I say the G in Greek freak. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. sorry. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Antetokounmpo. He needs to get over it. Like Pat Bev's going to come in and he's also going to be a lieutenant for Doc. Yeah, which Doc's been horrible since he's got to Milwaukee. He's one and four. So that's not working right now. I mean. <laughs> you called that too. You called that. Yeah, yeah. Doc you Rivers. said this is a terrible idea. Yeah, Doc Rivers ain't in it. Doc Rivers ain't it. He's one of the most overrated coaches of all time. Again, if you and I were the coaches for that Celtics team in 08, we're at least getting to the finals. Come on. We got Ray Allen. We got Rondo, KG, Paul Pierce. That's four Hall of Famers. You want to coach the offense or the defense? I'll take um, the other. Um, I mean, I won't have to do both or do much with both. So probably the offense just because it's more fun, you know. Yeah. Hey, Ray, run off screens. Okay. KG, take your man. All right, cool. Paul Pierce, take your man. He's with that kind of fire and passion, Zay. They need to run through the wall for you. Hey, that's what it was. That's what I'm saying. Like, how hard did Doc work? How hard did Doc work? Right. Like, that's what I mean. Everybody loves that dumbass. Who do you have to manage? Kendrick Perkins? Yeah, we'll give him some boudin. What is he? Uh, Belmont boy, yeah, get him oh, some Boudin. Len Big Baby Davis. Get him something to eat too. Manage his weight. He'll be fine. You know what I'm saying? Like, that team was good as hell. Yes, Doc has been riding that for a long time. I need those guys. I need those guys that have done great with less. That's why I put Larry Brown on my NBA Mount Rushmore of coaches. I love Larry Brown. That that's he always did it with less. Oh four pistons. And you to legitimacy in basketball. Exactly. Like, I'll, I'll take that any day. So, Doc, he'll probably continue to struggle. Milwaukee, they'll get out, ousted in the playoffs earlier than they should because we don't know why, just because it's a Doc team and this is what he does. He just can't keep all of those guys happy 
like he mucked up with the Clippers team of Blake Griffin and Chris Paul. I mean, come on. Have you seen Barnes's new guy, Dalton Connect? Yeah, I've seen that white boy, man. He's serious. That dude is fun to watch. That dude is fun to watch. He came from northern Colorado. Yeah. And he's averaging 20.2. He might yeah. just drag Tennessee to the final four like like uh TJ Ford did. Right, BK? Don't sleep on Tennessee this year. I know it's a Rick Barnes team, so they'll probably flame out earlier in the tournament than they should. But, but that if that he, if he if he has that, a player who will yeah. Go above and beyond like TJ Ford. TJ took Texas to the final four. Yeah. Not Rick. I, th- I think Connect should be the first college player drafted this year. He's that yeah. good. And uh yeah, like I, I think Tennessee's a top three team in college basketball. Like I could make a case that they are the best team in college hoops right now. So if I was filling out a bracket today, would I pick them to win it all? Probably not, because that's my UTSD from Barnes kicking in. Oh yeah. But like, do they have the talent capable? of making a very deep tournament run. Absolutely. It's a good squad. That dude connect gets whatever he wants. I mean, he's like doing Jordan okie doke stuff where he looks like he's dribbling back out to the three point line. And then he turns around and splits dudes and goes in for a dunk. And I'm like, damn, why can't I see that at the Moody center from a who exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Dylan, but he can't handle like that. Dylan, Dylan who? Try, Dylan Mitchell would try to try to dribble while turning around, and it would be a dunk on the other end. Dude, he's had back to back, like in back to back games, he's had turnovers where he dribbles past half court, and he'll just stop. BK, he'll just yeah. stop, and he'll just get pick stuck. Up your dribble like a eight year old girl. Yeah, what are you picking it up death. for? Dribble the ball. It's dribble the ball. Actually, don't dribble the ball. Pass the ball. <laughs> I you, mean, but yeah, yeah, don't dribble in and get into like those. Right, but if you're bringing it up the court. Yeah, don't get into like the worst spots on the court, which is like right after you cross the line at the half and then you're on the sideline. That's a horrible spot to pick up. Horrible. Yeah. And he's done it twice and they both resulted in the turnovers. It's annoying. A, a guy who's that athletic needs to be a get the rebound and find an outlet guy. That That's him. Like, I don't want him dribbling at all. Just get the board. You're great at that. Find a guard and then go down the floor because yeah. bad things happen when he uh, he tries to dribble at 94 feet. I broke down the numbers for the insider this morning at Horns 24-7. And Tyrese Hunter, oh. you thought he was bad in Big 12 play? Look at his second half numbers in the nine Big 12 games. Let me tell you, he is in the second half of the nine Big 12 games. He is averaging 3.1 points on 32.4% shooting, two of 14 from three. And he has, he's averaging almost as many turnovers, 1.4, as assists, 1.8. I mean, it falls off a cliff. And he's not getting to the free throw line. Hasn't been to the free throw line in the last five games. And Tyrese Hunter can get to the free throw line. Like he can get in the lane, draw contact, and get to the line. Yeah. And I don't know what you do. You got to get him going. You're only playing. You got Ace Miss, 
Kendall Weaver and Hunter in the starting lineup, and IT Horton is your only either that or Chris Johnson, which now I'm starting to understand why. And I know, Zay, I'm with you, but now at least I know why, like, RT takes him for a little, you know, heat check every once in a while to see if what he's working on in practice is starting to develop because they don't have any guard depth. Zito and RT subbing Weaver for Brock Cunningham, which I'm good with. I think that's good, but can we get that means Hunter and Acemus are staying on the floor. Can we get Tyrese Gibson instead of Tyrese Hunter? <laughs> I mean, he. I always, I always hate saying this about a college yeah. kid because it feels wrong. But he sucks. Like Tyrese Hunter sucks, and I, I hope he uses this as motivation. It's nothing about him as a kid. He, he's just he sucks right now as a basketball player. He's a total well, liability. Saying that. Maybe he's perfect for the TJ Otzelberger system. Maybe. And that that's the best we're gonna see of Tyree Hunter was his year at Iowa State. Yeah. It's uh we, we see guys, we've seen guys a lot, right? If they're struggling on offense, that impacts their defense, and that's what's happening with Tyrese Hunter too. Like he he hasn't even been able to hang his hat on defense the last couple of games, which that's that's disappointing because uh, even when he was struggling to score the ball, and Zay, you tell me if I'm wrong, he was still playing some pretty high-level defense on the perimeter, and Texas needed it because of what Aismas doesn't do on that end of the floor. But now he's – I mean, it's just a few games in a row, like late in games when he needs to get a stop. He just can't do it. He's he's not doing anything to help the team win right now. CD yeah. says Hunter played better when he had the cramping problems. Man, that's cold, CB. And then – it was totally out of line for people to say that Tyrese Hunter needed Midol because that's that's just Jeez. wrong. Yeah, that's that's cold. Huh? <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's cold. Whoever said that, they should hang their head in shame and well, every slap point, themselves across the face because that's just come on. Every single point guard needs a floater. Every single one. Every like single my one. man, Jalen Rose, baby. Oh. That was that's the guy you named Jalen Rose. His full game, little lefty, his little lefty. I mean, he was like lane. six eight, so that <laughs> the point guard for Jalen Rose. That's kind Jalen of, Rose. Uh, I thought you, I thought you maybe misspoke and meant Jalen Brunson. You mean Jalen Rose? Hey man, Fab oh, Five, baby. Yo, know, Jalen Rose was cold. Yeah, yeah, sure. I'll give him that. But point he, guard with the floater? That yeah, he was like six eight. That's not what I'm talking about exactly, Chip. I like where you're going. Okay, there. that's but, fine. But yes, give me a floater, Tyrese Hunter. Something. Once you get in that paint and the big man steps up before you go right into him and fall on the ground and throw up some bullshit. Stop. Play off two feet. Play off one if you're nasty. You're not. So let's play off two feet. Nice little soft floater. Very elementary, right, KD? The yep. thing is, if you stand next to Tyrese Hunter, he's broad across the shoulders. Like, he's he's thick. He's got some – he'll go in, draw contact, and he's okay. Like, he can get that shot up. But it's now, not, he's not hitting it's any – Like, he's not Derrick Rose. Like, Derrick Rose has that same body. Same body. Well, I just watched that. You know, Tyrese Hunter doesn't go to the rim, but when he does, he he draws contact. And if I'm him right now, he does not want to shoot. Like he had, he turned down three wide open shots in the Iowa State game, and 
I wish he I wish he turned down eight more. <laughs> but if that's happening, you go to the rim. You yeah. start going and attacking and trying to draw fouls. He did kind of get fouled, I thought, on one, and they didn't give it to him. So then he stopped doing that. He hadn't been to the free throw line in five games. All right. God. He, he's got to figure it out. He's got to figure it out. Otherwise, we're in trouble. Yeah. We're in trouble. Yeah, because they're going to be on an 8-9 line with Ole Miss. Book it. <laughs> oh. Book Ole it. Miss or a and Ole Miss. Now, a and needs – they got some work to do, don't they? They beat, Miss, they beat the sh- – yeah, Mizzou, leave out of Missouri. Mizzou's zero and ten in Missouri, the SEC. Yeah, Missouri's terrible. Yeah, I thought that, that dude work. looks like he's getting fired. Yeah, Dennis Gates. They were they were a good story last year. They were a solid team, and then they just now they can't beat anybody. So he's walking around. Look, he's like telling the refs, "Dude, I think I'm going to get fired. <laughs> I'm zero and eight. It's not going well. Should should have hit him All right, with Ed, Ed Cooley. I'm rich, mf'er. Out. <laughs> That was great. All right, y'all get out of here. Great show. See you guys. Katie. Yo.